Well, good morning, Adam Brooke. Man, it's good to be here with you. Um, yeah, just love our, I love our church. And if you're watching online, I want to say just so glad you're tuned in. Uh, you're part of our church family as well. And so uh, uh, we are in this series right now called Always Prepared. Uh, and uh, this morning, I- I'm wanting to uh, talk about making good choices, um, being prepared to make wise decisions in life. Two weeks ago, Danielle and I went to uh, Rum River Tree Farm. Don't know if any of you have been there, but we were going to just look at some trees, maybe get a Christmas tree. Uh, but we pulled up, and right away we saw that they had this petting zoo. So my kids wanted to see the petting zoo. And so they got this, uh, like, like fenced-in area where they got these all these bunnies just hopping around. And my kids fell in love with one of these bunnies. Kayla picks up the bunny. She's just, I mean, this bunny's just sitting in her arm. She's just petting this bunny. And then she says, Dad, look at that. And she points. And there's like nobody around. It's kind of weird. But there was this uh, sign that said, Bunnies, $10. And in a jar. You didn't like actually pay anywhere. She's like, Dad, can we get the bunny? And I am such a sucker. I don't know what I was thinking. I, uh, I agreed to buying this bunny, okay? So we put $10 in this jar and walked out, I'm off, didn't even look at it, the trees, we were like, we got to get this bunny home, so we walk off with, with a bunny. We've never had a bunny, I don't know anything about bunnies, do you know anything about bunnies? Okay, let me tell you what I found out about bunnies, they use the restroom a lot. So we realized we're going to need a cage, so $10 quickly became a lot more money uh, we found out that they like to chew things. Chew, I already lost the phone charger as, as a result. Okay. And then Danielle went to the petting store, like the, the, the pet store. I don't know if you're familiar with pet store people, but man, they're like very uptight about how you take care of animals. So they're giving Danielle all this stuff. You have to, you got a bunny, you got to do this. And they gave her all these things you got to buy and that you got to do. One of them involving cleaning a certain part of this bunny with a Q-tip once a week. I won't mention it in church, okay? But I will just say when Danielle came home and told me we're going to have to clean this part of the bunny with the Q-tip, I said that's where I draw the line, okay? On an unrelated note, would anyone here like a free bunny? (laughs) Okay, um, I'm not sure if we made a good decision. I don't know. I'm starting to think we made a really bad decision. But isn't it true that in life, and by the way, I'll keep you updated. I'll keep you updated with this bunny. Because I told the kids, we'll just take it back. I mean, there's no. <laughs> uh, but I'm realizing, like, life is oftentimes made of these kinds of decisions. Like, where you, you've got to make a decision. And, and that decision, like, will directly impact your life. It's directly going to impact your future. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes it's a lot bigger of a decision than just getting a pet or, or a bunny. I mean, sometimes it's a career change. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe something you've got to do at work and you're not sure what to do right now. Sometimes it's a financial issue, uh, you know, and, and you've got to figure out what to do to plan ahead. Um, sometimes it, it's a relational issue. It can be a marriage issue. Um, 
You know, maybe there's some strain or something. And you need wisdom. You need help. You, you, you need God to, 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 to give you direction on what to do and, and how to move forward. Some of us here are maybe even, we've kind of dug ourselves a hole in some way. And, and you've, made, you've made some mistakes and, 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 and it's affecting your life. The, the good news is, though, God wants to give us wisdom. And, and, and it's never over for, for any of us. There's always hope with our God. He's called the God of hope. And so no matter where you're at this morning, I want you to hear that our God is a good God and that he wants to help you. He wants to give you wisdom to make good decisions so that you can experience a better, brighter future that he has planned for you. But it's going to take wisdom. And so I love, what, I love what James says. James says this in, in James 1. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Okay, so he says, if you're lacking wisdom, just come to God and ask him for it. God will give you wisdom. And notice there's two things that we learn about the wisdom God gives. First, God gives wisdom generously. He gives wisdom generously. He's not stingy with the wisdom he's willing to give you. You know, some people in life, they don't want you having a lot of wisdom. They don't want you having a lot of knowledge because if it's at work, for example, you might then compete with them and become a threat to them. So they don't want you knowing more than they know. Okay? Uh, but God, he's generous with the wisdom. We're not a threat to God. He knows all things, and he loves to give wisdom generously to those who ask. And by the way, there's a difference between, like, intellect and wisdom. I hope we know this. There's a difference between, like, being smart and, 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 and being wise. Um, there's many people who are, have, you know, are very intelligent, maybe have a lot of education, but they make a lot of poor life decisions. God wants to give us wisdom generously so that we can make good, wise life decisions that serve us well, even if we don't have a lot of education, even if we don't consider ourselves all that intelligent. God will give generously. The second thing, though, is God will give without finding fault. I love this. I love that James said this. God will give to you without finding fault. It means God's not going to judge you when you come to him and, and say, God, I need wisdom. We all have this kind of knee-jerk reaction in us that when we blow it, we make poor life decisions especially, you and I tend to feel ashamed and we tend to run from God. Here James is saying don't run from God because of what Christ has done for you, because of the gospel, because of Jesus. Come to God. He wants to give you wisdom to help you climb out of that hole <laughs> that you're in, that pit that you find yourself in. He wants to give you wisdom for that. If I can just be honest with you uh, for just a minute, I, uh, can this be a safe place? I hope so. I hope this can be a, a judgment-free place. Um, this was many years ago. I was actually in seminary. So I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Um, I'll just say this. I have an addictive personality, by the way. You should just know that about your pastor. I'm the guy, like, I eat one Twizzler, and next thing you know, I've spent $50 on Twizzlers, okay? 
Um, I, I, I'm, I, I just, that's how I'm wired. And I'm in seminary, and I got caught up in, in looking at some stuff on the computer I shouldn't have been looking at, all right? And I went through a season of this. I was feeling terrible. I was feeling shamed. I was feeling guilty, and, 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 and I just, I, I, I wanted to hide from, from everyone. It was affecting the intimacy in my, my marriage. And by the way, my wife gave me permission to, to tell you this. And I was in a really dark place. It was dark. It was just dark, and I didn't know what to do. But fortunately, I came upon something Jesus says in Matthew. And, and it, I'm just so gracious for the Bible. And Jesus said, come to me, you who are weary and burdened in heart. And that's where I was. I was burdened by my sin. I was burdened by this addiction in my life. He said, come to me, you who are weary and burdened. And he said, I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me wisdom. But this was the part that got me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I read that, our Jesus is humble and gentle in heart. I realized I can come to him. I can come before him and I can confess my sin and I can let him know this is my struggle. I don't need to hide it from him. I can be honest with him. My desires and what was going on in my life at the time and the stress I was dealing with and all those things. And I can be honest with him. And then he gave me wisdom, wisdom to climb out of that pit I was in. I had to confess it to some people. I had to get some accountability. I had to put that program on my computer. I had to take some steps. But God gave me wisdom to climb out of that pit and start being filled with his spirit and life again. I love that James says we can come before God and ask for wisdom and he will give it to us without finding fault because of Jesus. That is the hope you and I have. Okay, All of us in here, let me just ask you the question this morning. Wherever you're at, maybe you're not struggling with something, but I bet there's something in your life where you, you could use some wisdom. Work, relationships, where is that? What do you need wisdom for right now in life? You know, God loves it when we come before him and ask for wisdom. He will honor you if you come to him and ask for wisdom. He will honor your life if you do that. A great example of this is, is, is King Solomon. Uh, if you don't know who King Solomon was, he was the son of King David. Uh, David died and Solomon is, a, is appointed to become king at a very young age. He's a child, okay? And so as a child, uh, he's been appointed to become king. I'm sure he's scared out of his mind for that role. He has a dream. And in this dream, God shows up to him and says, Solomon, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want me to do for you? Which is a pretty amazing request, the fact that God would come to us and say, what do you, what do you want me to do for you? I, I love that. But look at what Solomon says. We read this in 1 Kings 3, uh, starting in verse 7. He said, Lord, my God... You have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child, and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart. In other words, give your servant wisdom to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern 
this great people of yours. So Solomon, his one request of all the things he could have asked for, of all the things he could have asked for, wealth, long life, power to rule, all the things he could have. No, he asks for wisdom, for wisdom, to know how to rule and how to be a just and fair leader, okay? And then look at what God says, verse 10 the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, uh, nor have asked for the, the death of your enemies, but for discern, discernment and, and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and a discerning heart uh, so that there will never have been anyone like you nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor. And he goes on. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, God's just saying, okay, you've asked me for wisdom. I will give you all those other things. You see, God values us coming before him and saying, God, give me wisdom for how to live my, my life. Um. When I became the, the pastor here at Edinburgh Church, I was 33 years old. And, friend, let me just tell you, I had no idea what I was stepping into. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And something I have depended on every day, every week, every month, God, I need wisdom. Because we face challenges and decisions that have to be made every single week. We're facing big decisions that have to be made, and I depend on God giving me wisdom. Doesn't mean I always make good decisions. Doesn't mean I always make right decisions. Sometimes I'm buying bunnies for $10, all right? But I need wisdom. And if I had to, if I had to guess, I bet you need wisdom in your life too. And so what I want to do is just with the rest of our time is just give you some of the ways God teaches us wisdom. I just want to give you some of the ways. We're going to go through these pretty fast. How does God give us wisdom? Because it doesn't just always happen by osmosis where you just download something into your brain so you know what to do. He likes to use different means to teach us wisdom. So let me give us four. And there's definitely more than this, but here are four pretty popular ones, common ones. First off, the Bible. Okay? The Bible, God wants to teach us wisdom through the scriptures, through his through his word. Um, this is why we challenge you to be in God's word and, 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 and to internalize word. And all I'm going to say about this is, is Pastor Josh talked about this last week, getting into God's word and how to internalize it, okay, so that it becomes a part of you. So I encourage you, if you missed that message last week, go listen to Pastor Josh's message last week. It'll give you some very practical help on how to internalize God's word so that it becomes a part of your life. Because the Bible says that his word is a lamp unto our feet. In other words, it, it shows us what's before us. It gives us light so that we can see how to make good decisions in life. So we've got to internalize God's word because once it becomes a part of us, it will begin to more and more affect the decisions we make in good and healthy and positive ways, all right? So it starts with the Bible. The second one is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. We, we all, if you are a believer in Jesus, you, need to receive, you have received and are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Do you know who the Holy Spirit is, by the way? Sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit. It's like, what? The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And what that means is the Spirit is separated, it, it is distinct, 
better word, not separated. I would say distinct from the Father and from the Son, okay? But the Spirit is fully God. The Spirit is fully God. Do you realize you are indwelt with God? The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, indwells you? That's amazing, okay? Which is why we're told we have a comforter, we have a helper. Yes, we do. We have God indwelling us, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who is distinct from the Father and the Son, but is one with the Father and Son. We don't worship three gods, we worship one God. And so there's mystery in that, but we need to understand what the Bible is teaching us is that we have God, the Holy Spirit, indwelling us. And do you know that the Spirit wants to speak to you? you believe that? The Spirit wants to give you wisdom and, and direction for your life. See, so, sometimes we, we spend so much time praying and asking and talking, those of us who at least do pray, that we forget just to sometimes be quiet and listen. Say, God, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to teach me? Um, one of our mission partners, this is an incredible story, uh, one of our mission partners uh, that we support as a church he grew up in a Muslim family. He was Muslim, but he gave his life to Christ, became a Christian. He hadn't seen his sister for over two years, okay? She had run away from home. And when he became a Christian, he said, I want to be reconciled to my sister. So he said, God, I'm going to get in my car, and will you just tell me? He had no idea where she was living. She'd run off. They hadn't seen her. I'm going to get in my car. Will you lead me to my sister? He gets in his car. He starts driving. God says, I want you to get on the highway. Get on 35. He just says, prompted, just get on the 35. Okay, he gets on 35. He starts driving. God says, I want you to turn on, make this exit. He makes the exit. Drives a little ways. Now he's like just outside of downtown. God's like, I want you to take a left here. I want you to take a right here. I want you to... Finds himself in a residential neighborhood area. God says, I want you to turn down this street. He turns on the street. God says, I want you to park right here and go to that house. He gets out. He goes. He knocks on the door. Somebody opens the door. He recognizes the person. He recognizes this person. He's like, okay, this has got to be it. Have you seen my sister? He says, uh, I, I haven't seen her for like two to three weeks. She's been in the area. I haven't seen her. He says, I recommend you go and ask the person directly across the street. He goes across the street, knocks on the door. You know who answers the door? His sister. Living there with her boyfriend. He calls up his parents. you got to get over here. We found our sister. They all come. They're all Muslim. They all surrendered their life to Jesus that day. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, friends, living inside of you. And many of us aren't even tapping into it. Many of us aren't even trying to explore how the Spirit might want to lead and guide and speak in our lives. Sometimes we just need to be quiet. Holy Spirit, what are you trying to do? For me, it's, it's usually not that dramatic, but it's usually things like a prompting here or there. You need to reach out to that person or you need to make this decision. But the Spirit will speak. And I've, I've learned that when I listen, when I listen, the, the Spirit, the, there's blessing that comes with that. Because I'm following God, following God's direction for my life, Okay. Got to learn how to do that. That's the second one, Holy Spirit. Third one is life experiences. I'll just say about this one, God wants to teach us things also just through, through life, okay? Some of us have made some mistakes in our past. Some of us beat ourselves up because of those mistakes we've made in our past. But let me just say this. As long as you learn from your mistakes, with God's help, they are not 
failures, you know what they become? They become education. <laughs> Free education. And education isn't cheap. Your mistakes do not have to be failures. Our God is a God of hope who wants to redeem, who wants to help, who wants to lead you into better things. And if you will surrender your life to Christ, learn from it, God will use that in your life for good. I promise he will. That's who our God is. It's what he promises to do, and he's done it in my life over and over and over. And then there's this last one, people. God wants to use people in our life to teach us wisdom, okay? Um... There's no such thing as a lone ranger, Christian. I think God designed it this way because he doesn't want us being puffed up with pride, thinking we have all the answers. So he wants us living in community. That's why we encourage you, be in a small group. At least have other Christian friends, influences in your life. Could be a mentor, could be a Christian counselor, could be a pastor. Uh, Parents have a lot of wisdom to offer but we, he wants to work through other believers in our lives, okay, to help us make good and wise and right decisions. Sometimes you just need to ask a friend, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? And God might work through that person to give you help. But if you're trying to do it, I don't have all the answers. This is, I am fortunate I work with a great staff and a great board, okay? I do not have all the answers. I have learned that plans succeed when we have when we have a council around us, when we have many advisors. And that'll be true in your life too, okay? Now, sometimes God doesn't give us like specific direction and sometimes we don't know. So one of the things you can do is you can just ask God for confirmation. That's one of the things, God, I don't know. This is what I want to do. You're not telling me no. I don't feel a prompting saying I should go a different route. So I'm going to make this decision because it's what I desire. But I think one of the things you can do is say, God, will you confirm that for me? that I'm making a wise decision. I think that's a good and wise prayer to pray. In fact, I want to end with this, this story, pretty cool story that happened to us as a church. Um, this was many years ago now. We were making a huge decision for the future of this church. Okay, and this is, I'm talking about me and the board, uh, along with Pastor Josh was a part of this discussion. I can't say what it was exactly because there's people involved and it's sensitive, but I will just say it's the biggest decision we've made since I've been here. And we were really wrestling with it, and we were praying, and we were asking God for wisdom because we knew that if we went the route we thought we should go, we knew there was going to be pain, and we knew there would be potential fallout, and, you know, not everyone was going to be a fan of the decision we were making. You know how that goes, Okay. So we really wanted to make sure we were listening to God and we were hearing from God on this. So I was with Pastor Josh and a couple other board members and we were sitting at Perkins and Roseville. And after agonizing prayer, we were discussing, what what are we going to do here? And I kid you not, we're just sitting there, (laughs) not sure if we're making the right decision here. A guy from across the Perkins, sitting on the other, can't hear any of our conversation, he's on the other side of the room walks over and sits in the booth next to us. And he says, God told me I was supposed to come over here and tell you guys that you right now are struggling with a big decision. And he said, what God told me is that you are supposed to move forward with that decision that you are thinking you should make. 
And he said, you're going to be like the people of Israel when they crossed the Jordan River. And you need to step forward into the water like the priest did. And when you do that and you make that decision, he said, the waters are going to part for you and you are going to move into blessing. And the guy got up and went back to his seat across the room. You can imagine we sat there with our jaws dropped. But friends, I'm telling you, that was the spark that caused us to move forward with some confidence and to say, we're, and we made that decision, and I can tell you it's one of the best decisions we've made out as a church, and we haven't looked back. God gave us the confirmation we needed. Do you believe he can do that in your life? He wants to. If you'll be open to it, he wants to. In fact, he doesn't just want you to be open to it. I want to end by showing you what James says next. We saw what he says in, in, in verse 5, that we should come to him and ask for wisdom because he gives generously and without fault. Look at verse 6, though. The next thing he says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Just wishy-washy. Maybe God will. Maybe God won't. I'm going to speak prophecy over you right now. God will help you. God will help you. If you will come to him and ask for wisdom, he will help you in life. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. We live by his timetable, but he will help you. It's declared in his word. Do you believe? If you do, you will receive the wisdom of God for your life. And he will help you no matter what trial, no matter what situation, no matter what struggle, no matter what hole you need help out of. And so, friends, that's what I want to do for us today. I just want to pray that God would, would give us this wisdom uh, for wherever you are at. Because I know some of us are, are, are struggling. But let me also say this um, before we pray. He, 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 he says we can come before him without fault. Why? Because of Christ. It's because of what Jesus has done. Jesus paid the, the price for our sin. And, and, and maybe there's someone here who's like, yeah, I need help. <laughs> I need some help. Okay? It starts with coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you, I want to encourage you, surrender your life today to Christ. And start asking God for his help because that's what he loves to do. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you that you so love the world that you gave us your son so that whoever would believe would not just even have eternal life, but could also have your help for right now, for the here and now. And maybe there's some of us, Lord, who've been living in sin or we've kind of just gotten distracted with things. I want to encourage us all as a church right now just to re-surrender our lives. Maybe some of us for the first time, Lord, we surrender our life to you this morning. We recognize our dependency on you. We need you. And so, God, we put our faith and our hope in you. And it's not going to be a wishy-washy faith. It's not going to be a wishy-washy confidence. Lord, it's going to be a strong confidence that says, you want to help me. You want to help me in life. Would you give us faith as a church right now, Lord, to believe that, to trust in that? You tell us the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. May we recognize how much we need you and our dependency on you right now. 
and come bow before you and say, Lord, help me. Help me with my future. Lead me into good things, the plan you have for my life. And we're going to trust right now in the name of Jesus. We're going to trust right now that you're going to do just that from this day forward. Thank you, Lord, that you love us like that. And you want to walk with us in this world. Until that day we come to meet you and spend eternity with you in heaven. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.